Hey guys, how's it going? Before we get into this episode of Market Saints, I just want to give a little bit of a disclaimer. Unfortunately, my microphone sounds a little bit funky throughout the episode, and it was only after we recorded that I actually noticed. It's not that bad, but it's just not as good as the norm quality. So that's all. We'll get right into the episode. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to this episode of Market Saints, the first in a couple of months where I am once again joined with Stu. Hey, how are you guys doing? So today we're getting back into the flow of things. You guys can expect weekly episodes going forward through the rest of the semester. I say that, and then, of course, we have break in like two weeks, but we're going to do the best we can to deliver as consistently as possible. Today we're talking about a recent news story that's kind of affected a lot of big tech companies. And that's Apple changing their privacy laws and how you can advertise as a tech company and, you know, on social media online. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're also going to tie it in directly into our cash and checks and break and bakes of the week, where we have two stocks, two big companies that you've heard of in Meta and Snapchat that have been affected by this privacy change in opposite directions. One having a very big net positive and one taking a $10 billion revenue hit at the least. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Meta in this circumstance? Yeah, absolutely. So as you kind of alluded to, the company is getting absolutely zucked. Since the stock hit its all-time high of almost $380 in September um, of 2021, the stock has been on a steady decline, and now it's only sitting at $228. And it's really coming because of this new Apple privacy change. That's been the big hit. So let me run you through a little bit of the couple stages here and three reasons why I'm convinced Meta is going to be absolutely breaking banks. First, I'm going to take a look at the numbers and the new data released by Facebook over a week ago. Most notable is the admission of decreased profits, which the colossal firm chalked up to a sharp rise in expenses and less than reliable ad revenue growth. And much like Cole was talking about, this has to do with the change in Apple privacy policies and the company's inability to conform. Because Meta, the majority of their business comes from their personalized ad revenue and these new privacy laws, which are going to give users much more restricted access to companies, they're taking a $10 billion hit. And that's their sharp rise in expenses. It's almost like, and we've had this conversation numerous times, it's almost like Facebook, I guess Meta now, I always still make that mistake, and their privacy issues are catching up with them and biting them in the butt right here. So we read a a couple of fancy articles to prepare ourselves for what's going on with the Apple privacy law, but it's kind of just a bunch of fancy jargon. Essentially, how I've seen it summarized is, imagine instead of websites like Facebook who've gotten in trouble for stealing personal information from its users so that they can give you they can sell your information to advertisers and give you very personalized ads. Now let's say you're on a cooking Facebook page. The advertisements on that page are going to be cooking based. So the contents of a web page or app are determined by whatever the contents of that page are rather than your own personal information. Because where it is now I could be on, again, a cooking website, but I've been talking about surfing the rest of it, and I'll get a Billabong ad, even though it has nothing to do with the contents of the page. Yeah, absolutely, Cole. And on the user side, what I read, it says it's going to be reflected in kind of, you know those pop-ups you get where it says allow app to use your location while using? Or yeah, every time, allow- yeah, when you go on a new website or something, yeah. Exactly. So I think what I've read is you're going to be seeing a lot more of that, and rather than actually tracking your iPhone, your location, whatever, it'll be using your data and whether or not you allow them to do that. Yeah, privacy has always been a very contentious 
topic among these big tech companies because a lot of people are giving away privacy without even knowing it because a lot of these companies you know hiring the best lawyers and the 75 page terms of services that nobody actually reads they found loopholes so you know facebook survived this quite a while ago because this isn't new apple apple uh, put this new restriction in maybe four or five months ago they started enacting this and facebook originally was finding loopholes like they've have forever and everything but you know if you want to give us some more specific stock info, what's the price at right now? Because it took a pretty big hit because they just reported what in the last couple of weeks that I said before, $10 billion in revenue is going to be lost from this alone. Yeah. So right now the stock's sitting at $229 and it's, it's, they're just, they're getting eaten alive. I mean, they were kind of surviving you said four or five months ago when they kind of implemented these ideas, they were surviving. In fact, they had their best month, like I said, in September, but since then it's been down, down, down. And now that they've reported a complete loss in ad personalized ad revenue, their stock has dropped over $100. And just to put this into context as well, uh, obviously Facebook is not the sole entity of Meta, but it's definitely the center point. And it's biggest too, probably, you know, WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook, specifically Instagram and Facebook. These companies rely on ads. We looked it up before, 98% of Facebook's revenue came from ads. That's an insane metric. 50% of that 98% came from Facebook using your information to help advertisers give very targeted ads, obviously for a higher user engagement rate, which is great. In theory, you're getting ads that are more applicable to yourself, but it's through information that you didn't necessarily agree to give away and you don't know how much information they actually have. So what I'm talking about is I guess the 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 better side of this coin here and that's snapchat i really like this company it suffered for a long time just over a steady decline of users to be honest it kind of fell out of love but recently uh snapchat share, uh, shares soared up 58 percent in early february after the company reported its first ever quarterly net profit and showed it seeing quicker than expected progress on its transition with advertisers on Apple's privacy changes on iOS. So what does this mean? It means that Snapchat A had their first net profit and B, unlike Meta trying to create these loopholes and ending up shooting themselves in the foot, Snapchat has been able to more proactively uh, drive through all of these new protocols and seem to be you know, successfully managing this. And because privacy has been so contentious, a lot of people are turning to Snapchat because just of the way the interface of Snapchat, I send you a message, you open it, and then it's gone forever. It's not recorded somewhere. You know, nobody has it. If a user screenshots it, you're notified. You can save messages, but you can also delete them. It's a very private app where people kind of maybe feel more safe and secure to talk about anything. Well, Cole, yeah, that's exactly it. You're looking at two, two completely different companies. Snapchat from its very beginning was about privacy. They're devoted to privacy. It, it, you look through the app, you have a screen for your friends, the people you're texting, your group chats. There's no ads. There's nothing. The other screen is a camera. The other one is your friend's stories. And then there's ads. There's a couple promotional videos, but they're completely optional. Whereas if you go through Facebook or Instagram, it's in your face. It locks up your screen and you can't get to the stuff you really want. Yeah, Snapchat doesn't have any ads in their user face unless you swipe over to the right side. But even then, it's not a direct ad. It's kind of I would almost say like little TV shows and episodes and series that are hosted on Snapchat. And 
what's really great about it is Snapchat's upping their game to even compete with somebody like WhatsApp. I actually was having a conversation with one of my friends earlier because uh, a lot of kids in the UK use WhatsApp, but in the US, it's not very common. A lot of people use iMessage and Snapchat in, instead of you know Messenger and WhatsApp. And um, Snapchat, I would argue, is in every sense of the way better than WhatsApp. All you need is internet or data. You don't need a phone number. There's nothing required. I can call anyone anywhere in the world with no fees because it's over Wi-Fi calling or data, but there's no actual... Uh, you know, telephone numbers involved in that. And they just updated their interface with phone calls and FaceTime videos where, you know, it's smooth. It feels like a, like a real phone call. You know, you can have a group call with a click of a button. It's a much easier interface to, you know, you can customize your own personal Bitmoji, or, I suppose. And it, it's overall a much better experience. Well, Cole, in theory, if you, if you look at it, just the, the fact that it's an alternative to a phone number, it's your name or whatever your username is, which I, most people I would say probably put something close to their name or something about them. You have a Bitmoji that looks like you to help people find you. And it's really just you tap here, tap there. There's no numbers. There's no dialing. There's no confusion. Yeah, it's a very simple app. It's uh, the, the anonymous nature of it is very attractive. But something that I think is really attractive about it is nobody owns Snapchat. Snapchat is still owned by its original founders. So sometimes you'll see really great small companies. And I mean, Snapchat in the grand scheme of things is by no means a small company, but put next to something like Meta, it is. Because uh, it's obviously one dimensional. Snapchat is Snapchat, that's it. But it's not being influenced by any of these titans that are kind of maybe seeping in immoral values into a company like this to kind of taint how Snapchat operates. So we can see just through the last four or five months through these earnings that Snapchat has taken the right approach and as a result, their stock is finally going back up. Their stock plummeted last year, mostly, it seems. Uh, it usually was trading around $78 uh, or so. And then it finally tanked all the way down to as low as the mid-20s. And now it's kind of back up, stabilized to around 40 But it's still up like 2-3% on the day. And the market only opened an hour ago. Well, I'll tell you, Cole, I mean, when I open WhatsApp, you know, there's a little lock emoji when you haven't texted someone. It's just as end-to-end encryption on our server, but it's on Meta's server. I mean, they have your data. It's it's not end-to-end. It's end-to-end encrypted with the third person in your text who's zucking you. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's the thing. You, you can always, with, with Facebook, they're notorious for their fancy verbiage that is misleading but not technically breaking any guidelines. And historically, that's why... You know, we had the conversation before that Meta is rebranding because to avoid all this privacy stuff. But it seems like they're going to kind of have to reap some of the uh, consequences of their actions for the foreseeable future. And for all we know, it's far worse than whatever has come to light. I'm almost positive it is. Well, Cole, I, I think that I, I'll say this to you. I think this is interesting. We're talking about Snapchat, the company that is, we all know it was made for. They're open about it. And we're saying they're the moral company. They, they are the company with morals. That's how bad Meta is. That's how much data they're stealing. They're getting beat out by companies like TikTok. TikTok, who's also, it's pretty well known they're taking your data, but they're just getting beat out. Yeah, and I, I think you did touch on it, but we're also seeing a little bit of a fall here in Meta's PE ratio, which is not something that you want to see in a tech company. For those of you that don't understand what a PE ratio is, it, as simply as you can put it, it compares uh, a stock's price to its earnings. And essentially, a higher P.E. ratio 
is good in certain industries because it predicts higher future growth. But it's good to an extent. If we look at a company like Tesla, who we looked it up before, has a PE ratio of like 180 something. That's ungodly high. When it's a very high, that could mean the stock is overinflated, meaning... Well, just let me hold you up there real quick and let all of our listeners know. Just for reference, the S&P, the 500 best performing stocks on the market, they average between a 13 to 15 PE ratio. So... Yeah, and Meta Meta has fallen now. They were up as high as 25, which is kind of a, a healthy range. They actually got up to 28 in September. 28. So, yeah, maybe maybe even higher uh, higher than that. And what's unfortunate about this is if I'm a company, we talked about it, like Vail, which is a, a very big international mining company. I don't want to have a high PE ratio because mining is a very standard, you're not going to get high return, but hopefully you're not going to lose money or investment kind of stock. It's very solid. That's going to have a low P.E. ratio. When you're dealing with a company like Meta, one of the biggest companies in the world, arguably the most innovative, coming out with the metaverse, Oculus, all this virtual reality, going in a million different directions, you know, this is it's, it's kind of Elon Musk SpaceX-esque in the fact that they're, you know, making future markets so people buy it for the flashiness of it. You want to kind of have a high P.E. ratio and keep up with that because when you're only sitting at 28, that's not incredibly overvalued and overinflated. Tesla... Very much so, but that's a different story. Well, Cole, since from that period, January all the way into early, uh, I'm sorry, September into early January, they dropped from 28 down to 25. But then since the Apple announcement, they're actually down below 17. Yeah, and you know, I'm not entirely sure if we'll see it fall much more than that because Meta is a massive company. And with that, they still are very stable, even through everything that happened. Like I remember back during the whistleblower, I'm pretty sure the stock didn't even fall. Because people use it. People people use Facebook. It is the most engaged, and it is mind-blowing to me because, and obviously this is like very just what I've experienced. Nobody I know uses Facebook. And in the U.S., nobody uses it. Well, Cole, that's, that's, that was the final leg of my kind of argument for why I want to short meta here, why I think it's going to break a lot of banks. The reason is it's just, like you said, I don't people don't use Facebook the way they used to. I think they have large contingencies in other demographics in other parts of the world. But if, you, if I were to walk up to my little sister, anyone under the age of 18, I said, hey, could you look someone up for me? They're not reaching for Facebook. They're going to Instagram. They're going yeah, maybe but, on Snapchat. But, but what's crazy about that is Facebook might not be massive in the U.S. market. And they definitely are. They're, they're definitely very prominent. But you're seeing big players with Facebook in countries like India where, I mean, in India, you forget. I mean, it has, what is it, the second biggest population in the world? Them and China always go interchangeably right around that, like, 1.1 to 1.4 billion people. But Facebook has, I think, 2 billion daily users. If you quantify that into the fact that there's only 7 billion people in the world, like that is that is quite incomprehensible. It, it, it's ludicrous, but I want to qualify it rather than quantify it. I want to look at the fact that I think anyone under the age of 18 almost, or in three years, anybody under the age of 18, they're gonna, they won't even have a Facebook. They'll probably have a... TikTok, maybe an Instagram, which is a meta subsidiary, but then maybe a Snap, I think Snapchat will hang around, but I just see it being phased out. Yeah, I could see it being phased out, but then people get paid too much in meta to not be able to you know, continue to innovate and adapt to the market. So I have no concerns that even if they drop Facebook, something like the metaverse, Oculus, virtual reality is hot with this generation, the younger generation. My younger brother has like, you know, three of them. He buys the new rendition every time. He loves it. 
and that's all Facebook owned too. There's not really a huge competitor to them yet. Maybe something like Google or you know a company like that will come and rival them, but for now, Facebook's got kind of a stronghold on that. And well, y'all wonder how they're going to be cutting those big paychecks if they're losing all that uh, that revenue. Yeah, but is ten billion really that big a drop in the pond for Meta? It, it might be a drop in the bucket, but I think it could be the start of many drops. Yeah, maybe we, you're finding a leak. We've doubted Facebook Meta plenty of times, and even though their morality is very questionable, it seems that their revenue is always incredibly consistent. Look it up for me real quick. What was Meta's uh, revenue last year? But while he's looking that up, Snapchat, I definitely would take a look into it. I think it's a very strong company. It has a high PE ratio right now. It was like 70 or so, but that's because a lot of people are starting to back it. So there's some hype behind it that I do actually believe in. And the stock got beat down so much last year that I think it's due to at least go back up a little bit and trade at its median. It was trading at between 70 and 90 and it went down as far as 28. So it's only up to 40, 45 now. Um, I see it being a good long-term hold maybe for a year or two. And I, I, I see a big future for, for Snapchat. And honestly, what could pump up the stock price massively is once Snapchat gets a, a lot of hype behind it, I see an acquisition in Snapchat's future. And you know how acquisitions work. Look at Activision with Microsoft. Activision stock jumped up, what was it, 20, 30, 40% in a day. Look for the same thing with Snapchat. They are in a very big, they are a very, very attractive company to acquire. In fact, of course they did. Meta tried to acquire them a couple of years ago for, I think, $3 billion. Yeah, Cole. So I just I just looked it up for you. Last year in 2021, they had a revenue of 109.48 billion dollars. That's 10%. Okay, yeah. So that makes sense. So 10% or, or 10 billion is about 10% of their revenue. And I mean, 10% of the revenue is still massive. I mean, that's double digit substantial. And even though it's not totally 10%, we're looking at eight, nine percent, seven percent. Pretty comparable. And that's a big hit, even for a company like Meta. And I'm sure they'll make up revenue somewhere else. I'm sure it won't be a problem for them. They're going to roll out some new, you know, virtual reality or metaverse or something will happen. But, you know, Cole, I, I don't doubt you. I think I think you're right there. But I, I think it's gotten to the point where they, these are just the bad guys. I kind of like They're the ones it. you want to root again. It's like, it's like Apple almost is like a vigilante here. I mean, Apple has their own problems and is a massive, I mean, $2 trillion company club themselves. But... It's kind of nice, kind of like uh, almost to see a vigilante kind of come up against Meta and knock them down a couple pegs. Maybe their stock price will suffer for a little bit, but I, I think for now they're kind of breaking banks. Maybe I think the stock might fall a little bit farther before it's maybe worth reinvesting. But for Snapchat, I think there is very big growth coming forward. Couldn't agree more. So, so yeah, guys, that's this episode. It was a bit more combined because our rock report was combined with the cash and checks and break it banks. It just so happened that the topic we wanted to talk about and then the two stocks that Stu and I both brought happened to all coincide perfectly to the same topic and conversation. So that worked out quite nicely. I hope you guys enjoyed the first episode of us properly back in studio and uh, look forward to episodes next week. Yeah, have a happy Super Bowl weekend. Happy Super Bowl weekend.